Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. Okay, this is an exciting episode. I get to talk with Joanne LeBron with MDC Associates. You'll find out really quickly she's got some really intense, exciting, positive energy. She's got a lot of expertise in IVD. And so she and I had a chance to chat a little bit about IVD and the relationship to med device, as well as the importance of quality management system and things like design control. So enjoy this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Global Medical Device podcast. Whoa, that one struggled to come out. I guess I need to drink some more coffee. But anyway, Global Medical Device Podcast, now with video. Yeah, that's right, folks. You've been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast maybe for years. Uh, We recently added video. So, you know, if you're running down the beach with your earbuds in listening, find a computer and get it on screen. You can see my lovely face and the face of our guests as well. And joining me today is Joanne LeBron with MDC Associates. So Joanne, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So I'll introduce or start with a a short story. So my partner team at Greenlight Guru, they said, you've got to talk to Joanne. She's like, she's like the IVD guru. And I'm like, all right, (laughs) tell me more. So we're going to talk about (laughs) IVDs today. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. All right. So Specifically, let's let's start to dive into, uh, I guess, what an IVD company should be doing from a quality management system. Because I think this is confusing in some respects, just that term IVD. I mean, in the U.S., it seems like it's handled a little bit differently than maybe outside the U.S. So maybe that's a good place to start. So what, what are the, how do you see this as the same and different uh, from MedDevice? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, IVDs are definitely different. And in fact, they are treated differently in the United States as well, at least in Europe. And I'd say in Canada as well. And the difference between IVDs and medical devices is the way that you can prove performance. In medical device land, uh, there's a lot of clinical evaluation and clinical performance studies that need to be done. And the regulators kind of around the world recognize that that's not always possible for IVDs. The nature of an IVD is the in vitro part, which means you're testing outside the body. So that's what in vitro means. And so we're testing all of the things that could potentially come out of our bodies to be able to tell us what's in our bodies. And so everybody recognizes that that is quite different. We don't have a lot of, you know, there's no implants that have to happen. There's no pharmaceuticals that need to be taken. And instead you can get leftover specimens from laboratories and test them. And it's just a little bit less complicated to be able to, number one, consider performance and number two, just define how things work and in the way that they work. So they are treated a little bit differently. There's a lot less emphasis, I would say, unless you're a sterile in vitro diagnostic device, there's a lot less emphasis on that sterility and contamination possibilities and things like that, that medical devices would have. So the quality systems are similar, but if you're a medical device person and you're headed into an IVD situation, do keep in mind that it is quite different. And the rules for IVDs are just a little bit 
more forgiving than in a medical device arena. We talk about that a lot. I talk with a lot of medical device people who are into the IVD arena now. And, you know, those adjustments are a little bit difficult to take. And and the, the scrutiny that's paid on medical device companies sometimes isn't there for IVDs just because it's not critical to the device itself. However, all of the quality system stuff is exactly the same. Okay, that that was like uh, so. It's more like on the product that where the the nuances and the the differences and the the contrasts are not so much so on the QMS. Exactly. However, there are some you know as you're putting your operations together, and if you're doing manufacturing, which not everybody is doing these days, there's a lot of contracting going on these days. But if you're doing manufacturing, again, like cleanliness, clean rooms and all that sort of stuff, a little bit less emphasis in the operation stuff, but the basic tenets of quality systems, the 30 to 35 procedures that you need. And, you know, that's not a real scientific number. That's just a right. guess in my head. Right. But the, the 30 to 35 documents that you need to describe your quality system and then control and have all of those controls in place are basically the same. You follow different regulations. You know, the IVD world works with a different set of reviewers and people at FDA, but the compliance people are the same. So the same people who are auditing uh, medical device people are, are auditing in vitro diagnostics. And the regulations that you adhere to in the, U, in the EU are different as well. There's the medical device regulations, which I'm sorry, all of you medical device people, that is upon us. But the IVD has like an extra year Maybe we'll see how that goes. The moment is now, so it is what it is. But we do have an extra year to be able to get ready in the IVD world. Well, so you know, and, and people like you and I, we, we read regulations. I, I don't want to say for fun, but we don't mind reading regulations. <laughs> Maybe you do it for fun, but you know, when you read through, and I, I do uh, encourage folks that you know, if you're in this space, you should go read the regulations, uh, especially. But when you read M- the EU MDR versus the IVDR, I-, I guess my take home from that is um, it's the same, me- it's a very similar message. But my- what I interpret is, oh, IVD maybe hasn't had a lot of, it- it's, per- I-, I guess I kind of perceived it as newer or uh, there's been less information to uh, or not as much guidance. And so the IVDR is, a, is much, much beefier as far as the details maybe than an MDR. The changes are immense. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, my team and I just went through and it was not fun, but you know, it was okay. We went through literally reading word for word out loud because you don't really internalize it unless it's said out loud. Cause usually I'm thinking about, you know, I've got to buy some bread and I've got to go out and walk the dog while I'm still reading all of the words of the regulation. Cause they're incredibly, sorry, everybody boring and dry, but we read them out loud and we compared them medical device directive to in vitro diagnostic directive. So that, or regulation, sorry guys, so that we would know the difference there. And there are some significant differences. There also are very many similarities and the original IVDD was built from the IVD, from the MDD, with that kind of performance thing considered. So the regs really are basically this, basically the same mish. We'd have to talk about it, right. but you're right. The differences that have come up between the IVDD to the IVDR is way more extreme than the MDD to the MDR, um, particularly in classification of devices. Yeah, it was kind of like. In the IVDD, it was these, those, and everything else. And everything else was considered self-declared 
which was problem, you know, great for the device companies, but problematic to the state of the art and the state of healthcare in, in the EU. So that's why they made that change difference. Now it's these, those, some other little things that are self-declared and all the rest now are not. Right. And, and that's really sort of the big difference there. You know, I'm happy to talk to anybody about those differences and, and what to do about it, but we're in the process of doing some really deep dive analysis to make sure that we understand the difference. But it's, you know, it, it is kind of the same stuff. And the quality system requirements and the risk management requirements and the design control requirements, all in quality systems, of course, are pretty much the same right. as device company to device company. Right. But, you know, the seat that I'm in at Greenland, a lot of times I'm kind of seeing, well, where's the ball moving? Where's, where are the, the new opportunities within this space? And one of the things that I've heard is that with the IVDR, that this will, this will cast a net over a lot more companies than, you know, regulate a lot more companies than have ever been regulated before. And, and you know, I guess that goes back to your earlier point about classification. And at the same time, uh, it seems like there's a huge amount of growth in startups in the IVD space. So what is driving that, do you think? Oh, man. You know, I really do think that the upcropping of contract manufacturers is helping a lot because we've gone past the days of, I want to make a device. I need to make the device. I need to do the software. I need to make the instrument. And I, I, you know, the startup needs to do all of that themselves. Whereas these days there's a lot more virtual, you know, we're talking to each other. I'm in my house, you're in your house. So things are definitely globalizing some from pandemic and just by nature. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot more bringing it to market with less resources to be able to use some of those contractors. I think the other thing too, is that now that there has been so much molecular science happening and so much definition of the genome and so much sequencing where you can identify that this snip of this sequence means this, that there's a lot more opportunity for the really smart people in this world to bring a product to fruition even if they don't have all of the infrastructure to be a corporation. So I I think there's a lot of opportunity out there. And I think there's a lot of flexibility for a lot of the really smart people to be able to bring stuff to to be, which is very exciting. And I think really the the pandemic, while it's been very hard on a lot of people, and I, I don't certainly belittle that, it has been very, very good for our industry and has been very good for bringing products from concept to fruition and through regulatory approvals so fast, maybe too fast, depending on who's listening, but it really is setting a stage for, we can react and, you know, yes, we can follow variants and we can be so flexible that a variant can crop up. And of course, we're all familiar with COVID variants, or if you're not, you know, watch the news, but a variant can crop up and the FDA or the regulators can say, you need to react to this variant literally in the news. And here it is. So, you know, I, I think that really says a lot about our industry. Unfortunately, our industry is moving at light speed at the moment, light well, speed, light speed. And, and I, I and then that's going to be sort of the next area I wanted to delve into the industry is moving at light speed, but the ability to uh, regulate is not. No, no. I mean, they're doing their best. It's yeah. it's a big machine. Startups are a little machine, you know, and, and we all know small companies are more nimble. 
right? Yeah, there's less people, boats. there's less there's people yeah. going zipping in and out. And you, you were on this old regulations is this giant oil tanker. Barge, it's like, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's gonna take forever, you know? Exactly. But it's got a lot of power. And right. it definitely can't turn on a dime. You know, it takes a big turning radius to get that happening. You're absolutely right. But you know, I, I do have the fortunate position to talk to a lot of regulators and a lot of on a day-to-day basis. You know, I talk to a lot of notified bodies, I talk to a lot of reviewers, I talk to the FDA a lot, and they're trying. So, you know, it's not that they're sitting back and just enjoying the sun on this big barge, but they're feeding coal into that engine as quickly as they can. They just understand that everything is really big and takes time. And if it didn't, that would be a problem as well, because how dare, you know, a government agency be so reactive? So they're kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't. And I do feel their pain. Um, I really think that they're doing a great job. And I think that the task put to them for the last 12 months has been, in my opinion, would have been near impossible and they're doing it. You know, everybody knows, even who aren't in our industry, what PCR, at least the three were the three letters, they may not know what it stands for or what the implications are, but they understand molecular and they understand PCR. We are a household name and no one ever, I mean, I used to have to describe what I did by like, well, you know, when you go to the hospital and you get your blood drawn and then they give you test results after that. Right. Okay. We kind of do that, but that's like the very basics of what we do. You know, no offense to the clinical chemistry people out there. There's a lot going on in that, in that arena, but you know, it's definitely, you know, we are getting some attention and there's a lot of pressure to be able to keep up with that attention. And obviously everybody wants to be tested Everybody wants to be vaccinated. Um, and in order to test, I'm not leaving those medical device people out there. There's stuff there that has to come through too. I mean, the swab manufacturers, sure. bless their hearts because they're doing the very best that they can do with what they've got. The mask manufacturers, the glove manufacturers, the face shield manufacturers. I mean, there's, there's a lot of pressure. And as we all know, and I'll try to keep my language clean, but you know, the supply chain is jacked. Um, and has been for the last 12 months. And that's been really tricky too. Uh, Not just in toilet paper. Um, You know, the toilet paper thing is kind of evened out a little bit, thank God. Yeah, I found something last night. We're in good shape here. Right. We're good. Um, But, you know, even appliances, even, you know, things that aren't made. Building materials, appliances, you just... Things that you just like used to like, oh, I'll just go to the, the big box store because I need a new microwave. It's like, it might not be any there. It's like, that's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. So we're finding the same thing in the in the device industry and really trying to navigate what's going on with that, yeah. you know? So, you know, do the best you can to be able to get your product designed the way it should and do all the things you got to do and get your, your operations together and get your quality systems together and get your resources there and get your contractors there and control your contractors the way they need to because you do need to control your contractors as critical suppliers. So please don't ignore that. But, you know, get all that together and then you're like, okay, place an order. All right, we're not going to get that order. You know, so that sometimes will cut you at the knees too. Um, So yeah, we're really seeing a lot of challenges, but it's making us more nimble. You know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? And so, you know, I think that's really starting to happen. And, you know, we're really trying to get up, get moving and do it fast. And the beauty of, of using something that, you know, just to get to, to quality systems, you know, not starting from a blank piece of paper yeah. is 
huge in this industry. Yeah. Please, people, don't start with a blank piece of paper. Use Green Light Guru. Use us. Use somebody. Steal somebody's quality system. I didn't say that out loud, but I did. But use something that doesn't make you start with a blank piece of paper, reading the regulations, and translating what is in legal speak to what's you usable, yeah. you're just wasting your time. Um, and so, you know, contact the likes of me, anybody, whoever use, you know, you have great templates in your system as well. At least use something to be able to identify an approach to get it to happen because you just, you know, now's not the time to be figuring it out for yourself. And so we've been doing a lot of that of just, you know, start with this make your company what you want to make your company. And I love the fact that everybody wants to be unique, but if there's quality professionals listening to this, we all know there's only so many ways you can do training. There's only so many ways you can do document control. Not that it's boring. And, and, you know, I am definitely a quality systems geek big time, but you know, there's really kind of only so many ways you can accomplish that and accomplish it with some efficiency and effectiveness um, you know, again, now is not the time to run things around and, and burden yourself with committees and, and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing to keep things going. I think that's, that's key. I mean, I, I want, um, you as entrepreneur, you, not necessarily Joanne, but you listener as yeah. to be out there focusing on your technology, you know, um, yes. don't, don't reinvent something that doesn't need it. I mean, this is not, I mean, to your point, there's a finite way, a number of ways to address a quality system. This is, and and people have done this before who have expertise in interpreting those regulations, especially if you are a a startup, uh, regardless of med device or IVD, focus on your technology. That's what we want from you. And and of course, we want it to be safe and effective. and, And this is what a quality system can do for you. But uh, right. Call Joanne, call yeah. uh, Be My Guru, whatever the case may be. And, and you know, what are the tricks of the trade? Like, right. you know, we know the tricks of the trade. We know not really the shortcuts, but it's kind of, you know, I, I, I kind of envision straight it path. as... We know the, yeah. the, the straight path. Yes. If, if I need to go to the store, I'm not going to blaze my own trail through all of my neighbor's backyards. I'm going to take the streets that have already been paved for me. Right. And I'm going to drive by the rules of the road because that's what has been set up for me. Whether I think 20 miles an hour is an appropriate speed limit is a different story, but still I'm going to stop. I'm going to, you know, and, and people who know me are probably laughing because I'm not really a, a a rule follower on the road. But anyway, I do use that analogy a lot. Um, so stop laughing at me, but that's how I think of it. You know, we don't have to blaze our own trail and, you know, maybe while things are relaxed and we want to be explorers and all that sort of thing, it makes sense to blaze our own trail, but if there's a trail, I'm, I'm going to follow it. Um, just because I know it's cleared and I know that there's no bogs and you know, it's, it's been walked before and, and it got me there. Um, and so, you know, everybody just wants to get to that finish line. They don't want to struggle to be able to get there. Um, but you're right. We don't know the technology. And I try to stress with all of my clients, I don't know what you do. Um, and so all I want to do is describe what, and I'm not going to go try to figure it out. That, that's, at why all. You, that's why you do what you do. Let me yeah. do what I do. Let's figure out how to blend. Right. Exactly. And all I want to do is write and control what you do, right. not 
pin you into a corner and say, you can only do it on Tuesday with a blue shirt on. I mean, that's just insane, right? So, you know, I want to open up your possibilities, but also make sure that when the FDA walks in and note, I do say when the FDA walks in, not if the FDA walks in. they will. Because they will. They're going to get to it. They haven't been anywhere in a year. We've had a nice little respite as far as that goes. Everybody clean house because the FDA is not coming right now unless you have problems. But I guarantee you when things start opening up, here comes the FDA because they got to make up for lost time and they're going to be doing a lot of inspections and you want to be ready and you don't, you know, early in my career, we'd talk about, well, let's just see what happens in the audit and then we'll adjust. Please don't take that tact. Please don't figure it out before you get there and make sure you have your, your house in order before somebody shows up and expects it to be in order. Cause the forgiveness is way harder that way than if you just right. get yourself in, in, in order. And you know, if you're desperately out of order, there are ways to pull yourself in order enough to be able to survive an audit without an inspector being in your facility for months, which has been done. For all of you folks from Abbott, you know what I'm talking about, and other companies. We've been there for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I mean, I would, I would just think that Abbott has the, the the best history in that. It was years ago, decades ago now, yeah. but still, yeah. it was. Well, you can, you can pick. I mean, the reality is, you can pick any large company. I mean, I, I and they, they move in. They they yeah. move in. I mean, they move in. I've, I've consulted at places uh, where the, I'm like, oh, well, who's in that office? Like, that's FDA's that's office. FDA's right. What? Yeah. yeah. So we don't want that to happen. And if you're and if you're a small company, your resources go toward supporting that inspection. So and you want your resources. Everything else. Oh, nothing gets done. No. Nothing gets done. No. So it makes the most sense to try to keep that audit at a nice even keel, make sure that they know you have integrity and that they know you want to do the right thing and that you know what the right thing is and that you do that. And, you know, we, we attend a lot of inspections and I would encourage you quality professionals, bring somebody like us in. If that happens, I know you can handle your own audits your own way, but there are strategies that we can take to be able to help each other to get through that and keep your audit manageable. Don't let them have their way with you and make sure that, you know, you, you hold your own. And so we can help you to do that. Not just us, you know, anybody who's been through a lot of audits can help you to do that. But the management of, a, of an inspection, ISO does, ISO is exactly the same situation. The management of a, of a quality systems or regulatory inspection is 99% of it is yeah. managing how that happens. Um, yeah. And so, you know, please do call on somebody if you're thinking, wow, we are in danger here. It's yeah. not super expensive. It's not super intensive, but, you know, somebody can help yeah. to be able to do that. All right. So eh, it's coming. All right. So let me take a, a brief pause. Uh, I want to remind folks, I'm, I'm talking with Joanne LeBron with NDC mm-hmm. Associates. Uh, Joanne, tell folks a little bit about MDC Associates before we Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we're a relatively small company. Uh, We've been in business for over 30 years, which is rare for consulting firms. So we're quite proud of that. We have kind of three different things we do. We do quality systems consulting um, with all the stuff I've been talking about. We do regulatory consulting, getting clearance and uh, CE mark for products as well as um, uh, internationally as well. Uh, And then we also have kind of a unique niche, which is our um, 
implementation training department. So for companies that have relatively small analyzers, not the great big things that need installation, uh, we will do a video installation, kind of like what you're watching today, to work with customers of small analyzers that can be implemented in the facility. And we do that through video training and work with the organization to be able to do that. It's, it's, it's kind of a cool program, but that's pretty much the three of us or the three of our departments. We've got a lot of people. We've got a lot of expertise I think we're a joy to work with. We're kind of a no BS kind of a company. I think you can probably tell because there's me, but you know, we work really hard and we make sure that we're part of the team and that we take on the workload and work really hard to get you where you need to go. Cause if you're not a success, we're not a success. And that's the bottom line of, of, of kind of what we do. So that's us. We're located in Boston, north of Boston. You know, us, like everybody else, we're kind of branching out a little bit. There's a lot of uh, us. Obviously, I'm working from home. This is not my office. If it was, it would be posh because uh, I have <laughs> windows in my office. Um, but uh, I think we do a really good job. And I think we're unique in that we work. Yeah, for hard. sure. So. Well, Folks, uh, go check out MDC Associates. Uh, you can go to the website, mdcassoc.com. Yep. Uh, and, you know, IVD expertise uh, galore. Uh, so check that out. I want to also remind you, we're taking this, this brief break about Greenlight Guru. Uh, we have the only medical device success platform on the market today. We've designed and built this specifically for medical device. And I want you to understand that also works for IVD. Um, very, so, very well. Uh, very, very well. <laughs> um, but go check it out, www.greenlight.guru to learn more. You know, whether you're a startup or an established company, it doesn't really matter. We've, we've designed it with the regulations in mind to help, you know, you not have to reinvent the wheel from a quality perspective. You can focus on your process and your technology and, and let us help you with the uh, the compliance and the workflows around design, development, risk, document management, quality events, and, and so on and so forth. So check that out. And oh, yeah, by the way, I forgot to mention the Greenlight Guru Academy. Have you heard about this? Uh, we just launched the Greenlight Guru Academy. It is an awesome platform where you can learn about topics uh, within the medical device and IVD industries that, that you care about. Like maybe you want to know a little bit more about design controls or more about regulatory submissions. Well, we're building uh, learning paths for you in the Greenlight Guru Academy. So go check that out as well. All right. So Joanne, let's get back into the conversation. So you said something a moment ago, FDA will be there. It's not an if, it's a when. Uh, and when they come up, do show up or an ISO auditor, to me, that's like the wrong time to find out, did I do a good job with my quality system? And, Absolutely. And, and, and you said, you know, well, give, give us a call at MDC. And I agree with that. What can people do ahead of time to, to and rather than, you know, perform the fire drill, uh, so to yes. speak? Yes. Yeah, we usually call it battle stations. But yeah, absolutely. The, the best thing to do, and everybody's going to groan at me, but the best thing to do is to have a robust internal quality audit program. And, you know, a lot of people kind of fluff over those internal quality audits. But if you really take that program seriously, what we end up doing actually is we break our clients into quarterly audits. Doing one big system audit a year, first of all, 
is a pain in everybody's butt and it takes a long time. Second of all, what it does is it gives the quality department this huge laundry list of things they need to fix and they can't get to it all. And then things get aged and then they don't address all of their cabins at the right time. And it just, it really doesn't serve you. So what we end up doing is we break the quality system into quarterly sections so that through the year, right. quarterly, we're auditing the quality system and we've broken it up effectively so that you know you're going through your whole quality system all year. So then you have things to take care of throughout the year and you maybe have a chance of getting those actions done. Um, and so then you have familiarity with, you've touched all of those systems through the year, you know where you have challenges. So in working with, you know, the FDA is not going to give you a lot of notice folks. It's going to be at most five days notice that you can maybe say, Hey, our CEO's on, on vacation on Friday. Can we do this Monday instead of Friday? It's about all you get. Yeah. And, and really you don't get a lot of, of, put off time. And obviously for ISO, you're scheduling that. So that's a different thing, but you do have an um, unannounced audits. So don't forget about those. But the best way to be able to handle that is, you know, you know, our battle stations usually are look at your inventory, make sure you have status on all of your inventory. Look at your CAPA system. Are all the CAPAs closed? Have you taken all your actions? Is anything overdue? Same with nonconformances, same with complaints, same with deviations. If you have them deviations, I used to want to develop, I was starry-eyed and I thought I had it all going on. I wanted to develop quality systems with no deviations in there. All right, we need those. So my bad if anybody has been working with me for decades, but I think it's really important. So, but if you assign dates, are they up to date? Extend your dates, you know, do what you got to do to be able to be current. You're right. When the FDA walks in, that is not the moment you want to open up a cap and go, oh, God, this looks horrible. What are we going to do about it? Or when the FDA calls and says, hey, or ISO says we're scheduling. I mean, have your finger on the pulse way before that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't like pull an all night or the night before, because if you do, first of all, you're not going to be at your best for the audit. You need to think fast during the audit. So if you spent an all nighter, you're already setting yourself back. Been there, done that. We've done plenty of all nighters before audits, but you don't want to get to that point. So the more robust your quality monitoring system and the quality monitoring system in my head is yes, those internal quality audits for sure. Kappa NCR, complaints, deviations, management review. Right. That's not just a, you gotta get together and talk about. There's actually a lot of value that happens in that management review meeting. And if you can do that, then you're, you, you have your finger on the pulse and you know what's going on in your quality system. And you also know how to handle and how to present the things that maybe aren't the best. And so when somebody asks for something, you know, we all have war rooms and, you know, I hate all the acronyms that are all of the, the, the things that we have there, but eh, we all call it a war room. And so, you know, you know what you're heading in with, but you know, you don't want to put a pile of steaming, you know what, in front of the FDA without yourself knowing it is a piling steaming pile of, you know what, and how are you going to make that seem like a pile of gold or at least we're already knowing how to sculpt that and know what we're going to do with it. Sorry, gross analogy, but um, <laughs> yeah. we all we all have our steaming piles. So, you know, you really need to be aware and, and you really need to be constantly, have a monthly session for yourself. It's a working session where you go through all of your logs and make sure that they're all updated. Just look at it once a month, you know, yeah. walk the floor once a day if you right. have manufacturing stuff. Um, you know, I, I'm guilty. 
of staying in my office too long. But if there's a manufacturing floor, please walk that floor at least once a week, at least once a week. Understand I mean, what's step going on. That's the harm, right? You know, and right. you know, it's just, you'll see things, anomalies, you know, those things will, will stick out to you if you're doing that on a frequent basis. Yeah. You got to be in touch. You got to do it. And I know we're busy and I know the day to day is an awful lot of stuff to do. I get it. And resources are tough. I get it. But you know, you don't want that inspector to be the first person to see it. Yeah. For so, sure. From a and again IVD, I think this is a because of the the dynamic nature of of what's happening in the world, um, and the, there's a lot more companies that are you know startups in this space, uh, and you you've been working with quite a few of them. What are some of the biggest mistakes? And I guess it doesn't have to be necessarily a startup, but what are some of the mistakes or challenges that that you've seen on a on an all too frequent basis with respect to quality system? Starting design control too late. Yeah. Starting risk management too late. Such a big mistake. And it's not as much effort as you think it is. Right. It's not, you know, and, and I'm not saying even if you started too late, I'm not saying like this time last year, you got to remember the things you said. Please don't just go back and, 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 and document that stuff. But there's ways to be able to catch up. But you're not going to remember. And we're all getting older. I literally can't remember what I did yesterday. So we're not going to remember what decisions we made six months from now, or yeah, six months from now in the past that made uh, an impact on our design, on the way that we did risk management, on the way that we mitigated a risk. And so if you can document real time and just get everybody in the habit of documenting, for those of you out there in R&D, I apologize, but it is true. The other mistake that that I see is not tagging your work and understanding like this document, you open up a file. Yeah, sure. Your computer's going to tell you when you created that file, but if you've moved it around, right. you lose that traceability. So who wrote the document? When did you write the document? What were the variables you we were trying to control with the data that you came up with? What is the significance of this data? I can't tell you how many times I've looked at a spreadsheet from six months ago, five years ago, I don't even know what this means anymore. Right. I can't glean anything from it. You're, all that data that you work so hard to create loses its value. Right. And it's kind of for not. So if you can put that extra little information, like I always tell my clients, make it so that your grandma can understand it. Yeah, your grandma may be a rocket scientist. So sorry for those of you who have incredibly smart grandmas, but you know, make it for me. I'm not a scientist in that regard so that you can really explain. And I also use kind of a, a, a moniker of tell the story. When you're creating documents, doesn't matter what it is, it really doesn't. Tell the story of why you're doing what you're doing, what assumptions you've made, what uh, justifications you may have made, and then what the data means. And explain it to the likes of me. Explain it to the likes of my grandma. Maybe I should just pick my grandma. Uh, Explain it to the likes of her so that she can understand the basics of what you're talking about. Then when we go back five years from then... Then we're like, oh, I remember what we did in that study. And I remember the conclusions that we drew. Okay, let's not make that mistake again, because here we can see that we had a problem. That, I think, is, is the, the message I try to tell everybody. And it's for you software folks, too. Not just for your, you know, the reagent rockers out oh, there. It's, not, it's, it's, it's for every 
uh, medical device company. Yeah. Uh, reagents, uh, software, even the, hardware. the mechanical people, hardware. Totally. Yeah. All the same stuff. And, and the work you do today, you're not going to remember. All right, maybe yeah. you, you guys are young and you're going to remember in a couple of months. Good for you. But you're really not going to remember. You're going to fill your head with so much information between now and the time you go to market you're not going to be able to recreate. So it really is best if you keep like a little diary, a little list, a little something, something so that you can keep track of when did your inputs change? When did your risks yeah. change? And you know, why? all of that stuff. Why, why did you do it? Uh, who was involved in the decision? Because, you know, the other yeah. thing I think that people forget about is um, at some point in time, you're, you're going to want to bring this product to market and, and that product's going to be in the market and every product that gets into the marketplace will change. Something will change. Uh, what if you if you need to make a change uh, from the the a particular component or uh, a reagent chemistry or something like that? What if the change you're making was something that was was done during you the development process that didn't go so well? Right. Wouldn't you want to have evidence or knowledge of that? rather yeah. than having to find out the hard way. And I think a lot of times so expensive. people get to think about that. It's like at some point it will go to market. So you have to be a little forward thinking at times. That's This is the, one of the benefits of design controls. Absolutely. It's so, so, so important. And, you know, shortcutting verification and validation. Oh, my God, y'all, please stop doing that. Because really, here's the deal. What, what needs to happen is, yes, you need to put your best foot forward to get your clearance, right? Whatever it is, CE mark, your pre-market approval, whatever it is, wherever it is. You need to put your best foot forward, sure. But if your best foot is so far away from what you're going to make every single day, then all you're going to do is have problems in the market. You're going to have complaints. You're going to have recalls. You're going to, you're going to be running that stuff around and that's going to take up your resources where you could be making product to sell. So consistency really is important. You know, the FDA, and I'm not going to quote this right, but they say somewhere like 80% of all recalls happen because of poor design control. For sure. Could be 75, could be 85. I'm not really sure the actual number um, for the, for those of you who are geekier than me, but, um, but that number is intense. And so if you cut corners or if, if, if you're out there and you're saying, well, but that's an outlier. Well, that's an outlier. Well, that's an outlier. Well, who's going to call that an outlier when we're really using it as a device? Right. No one. And so therefore now that's a performance problem as opposed to now an outlier. So you really got to be careful and, you know, we want everything to be the best it can be. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure to get it out there. I get it. But verification and validation is super, super important. And thoroughness in that job is very important. And that's where regulatory folks can really help too, because we do know some of the secrets to be able to get there, or at least the efficiencies to be able to get you to the finish line, you yeah. know? And that, you know, this is, um, those who know me, I know that I'm uh, very much a design control and product development nerd. Uh, if, if you know the origins of Greenlight Guru, that's that was our beachhead. That's uh, where we dove in to try to bring solutions to help with that. And, you know, I... Up until that point, or you know, even yet, still today, uh, a lot of people are like ah, design control stifles my innovation and my creativity. <laughs> and like, well, then you've got the wrong uh, process in place. You got the wrong tools in place because yeah. that is not the intent. Right. And the other thing that drives me—sorry, uh, I'm getting on a soapbox for a moment, Joanne. I should have warned you. Um, <laughs> the other thing that drives me crazy, especially here in the U.S., is uh, somebody's like, oh, well. 
I have a class one device. I don't have to do design controls. You should want to because design controls are about demonstrating that your product is designed in a way that that shows safety and efficacy that it works why would you not want to do that that's yeah and it's going to save you money in the long run that's that's the crazy part of it i mean yes it's going to cost you money now but it's going to save you money in the long run because you don't want to get out in the market and not come through that does not want to be your market appearance you know, your, market with your first entry too, you know, totally. You yeah. want to be like the superstar and like, yeah, they make a consistent product. Is that exciting? Maybe not. There's not a lot of drama in it, but it's good business. And you don't want people to say, well, I don't know if I can trust that device. Cause I don't know, it doesn't work anymore, you know, and, and you really want to be consistent in the market. Yeah. And that's the only way to do it is to yeah. test, 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 test until you know what's really going on and manufacture, manufacture, I'm not going to say that that many times, but you want to make sure that you go through your process enough to prove that it really is robust and you really can continuously make this product, whatever it is, consistently and be honest about it. Yeah. Well, Joanne, um, I'm going to put a pen in in this discussion today, but we're going to, we're going to do it again real soon. Cool. So folks, uh, help me and, and, thanking, give her applause, send her note, <laughs> whatever the case may be, uh, Joanne LeBron with MDC Associates. Again, mdcassoc.com. Check That's it us. out. Thank you so much, Joanne. And, and thank you so much uh, to all of you who listen to the Global Medical Device Podcast, the number one podcast in the industry today. Uh, now with video, new and improved or whatever uh, the, the right label might be on that. But check it out. Share it with your friends and colleagues. And if you need a little bit of help with your quality management system uh, endeavors, design controls, this is what we do at Greenlight Guru for a living. We've got a software platform that's designed specifically for those purposes. So go to www.greenlight.guru and we'd be thrilled to have a conversation with you about your needs and see if we might be able to help. It's worth it. It's worth it. It is. Uh, All right. So uh, until next time, this is your host and founder of. Uh, are at Green Light Guru, and you have been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast.